Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad to see you here today. It's uh, good to share this time of fellowship and worship with each of you this morning. And we we welcome everyone uh, this morning. Uh, Let me remind everyone, if you would, to take the uh, attendance sheets on each row and take those and fill those out. We would appreciate it. We want to uh, welcome our guests, especially today. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you are here with us this morning and hope that you'll feel very much part of our family as we worship God together. Let me call to your attention a few announcements that we have today. First of all, our our youth will be having their Bible study on uh, tomorrow, and and so if you're a youth or know a youth, then invite them to come and be a part of that. And our upperclassmen group will have their potluck lunch tomorrow as well at 12 o'clock. And then after immediately after our uh, worship service today, you see the tables that are set up, and, and Kelsey's back there diligently working. Our youth is sponsoring a uh, youth fundraiser lunch uh, after after our service today and also a dessert auction. And so that's always a lot of fun and, and raises good money for uh, whatever project that we're raising money for with that. And, and this happens to be with our, our youth. And uh, so I hope you'll stay and, and for lunch afterwards and the dessert auction and, and uh, share that time together, together today. Also, one other thing, uh, we will be serving lunch at the uh, Salvation Army on Saturday, this coming Saturday. So if uh, you would like to volunteer to help with that, please see Christine Cornelius and she'll get you signed up. Uh, we're glad that you're here today and it's always good to share a time of fellowship and worship together. Have you ever noticed that it's often the, the smallest gestures that can have the, the largest impacts? You ever notice that? You know, just a, a smile or a laugh or a handshake or a hug or something like that. Uh, Those are the kinds of things that really can make or break a person's day. So I want to encourage you now to let us all stand up and let us express the huge love of God that God has for each each of us through these small gestures of love that we give to one another. Let us share the love of Christ with one another.
lightening each other's corner. I think there's somebody here today named Velda who is having a 95th birthday. Happy birthday, Velda. <laughs> Let us bow for prayer. Holy God, we thank you for your grandeur, your majesty. We thank you for your great love, which is wider than the oceans, deeper than the seas, more vast than all the universe. You are God, Lord of all, knower of all that can be known. Sovereign over all things, creator, sustainer, redeemer. We love to think of you as being a big God, but we like big things. We love to think of a big God being our God. We like to feel big, to be a part of a big country with lots of big money and big power. We like to build big things, to drive big cars on big roads and to live in big houses, to feel as if if our influence and our names are big. We're impressed by big people and big stadiums and big lights and big events. We've been taught to to, to dream big dreams and to pursue big goals. And we shy away from things that seem small or poor, or insignificant. Indeed, we sometimes use the small things, and we use the unimportant people to achieve our big goals. Call us to repentance, O God. Because even though you are bigger than all that we can imagine, you certainly could could choose to do things in big ways. But you chose rather to use small and insignificant things to show your heart. You could have sent your son to be born into Rome with its great empire and far-reaching influence. And yet you chose for him to be born into a tiny little town like Nazareth or Bethlehem. You could have made him a prince with power to command the lives, if if not the souls of people. But instead, you made him a refugee child, forced to leave his home because of the violence that threatened him. In our world of upheaval today, many children suffer that same fate. And we pray that the experience of your son, O God, would remind us that you and we are to have a heart of compassion for those who who are suffering from big, powerful people. Remind us that in the weakness of little children, your power is at work. You told us to have the faith of a mustard seed, and we want to to believe big, and we want to have big plans. We want to have big faith. We want to see big miracles and dramatic changes. We want to see nations won to Christ. But we overlook the people in our own house, in our own community, in our own nation. We want to build a great church, but we overlook our brothers and sisters at our door. And we want big faith. But you have only offered us a small faith. So give us the faith of a mustard seed, O God. Give us humble hearts. Give us small visions so that that which becomes great may be great only because you have made it great, not us. Let the little children come unto me, for it is of such that the kingdom belongs. Amen.
and positive was to keep a song in your heart all the time. I think that's the secret. And so there's always one going. So sometimes if you're talking to me and I don't hear you, it's because there's a song going. But then the next thing that's very important in the kingdom of God is to keep his story close to your lips so that you can share it in the moment at any time he calls you to. Let us stand and sing together. I love to tell his story. for this wonderful, beautiful day. Let us listen to the message that Dr. Tim has for us. Let us take it, think about it, put it in our hearts, and don't be afraid to share with our mouth. Let us show our gratitude with these small tithes and offerings. Accept us through your Son, Jesus Christ, the King of love and peace. Amen. Amen.
Our scripture today is from Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. He also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground, and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. And when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet, when it is sown in the... When it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Felicia. It's a, you know, it's remarkable how uh, Felicia picks out music that just goes right along with the the theme of the day. And the, the theme of, of today is that uh, the the little things can be big things when God is in it. So thank you for sharing that with us. This first uh, story I want to open up with today. I understand that President Ronald Reagan uh, used to tell this story. So. Blame it on him, not me. <laughs> uh, it, it's about a, a timid little man who ventured into a biker bar. And, and the little man cleared his throat nervously and asked, um, Excuse me, but which of you gentlemen owns the black pit bull chained to the parking meter out front? And this giant of a man wearing black leather and lots of tattoos slowly turned on his stool and looked down at the quivering little man and snarled, that's my dog. Why? And the nervous little man said, well, sir, I'm afraid that my dog just killed your pit bull. And the guy said, what? 
he roared in disbelief. He said, what kind of dog do you have? And the little man said, it's, it, it, it's a little Pekingese. <laughs> and the biker shouted, that's ridiculous. How in the world could your Pekingese kill my pit bull? And the little man said, well, it appears to have gotten stuck in its throat. <laughs> Remember, Ronald Reagan told that story. (laughs) Our theme for today is the power of little things. (laughs) Jesus once compared the kingdom of God to a mustard seed. And he called the mustard seed the tiniest seed on earth. But when the mustard seed grows up, it is taller than all of the other plants in the garden, with branches so large that the birds of the air can make their nests in its shade. I keep a bowl of mustard seeds on my desk to remind me that the little things matter. Um, I, I brought it out here. It's here on the, on the table if you want to come by and see just how small a, a mustard seed is. But if Jesus was telling this parable today here in America, <clears throat> he might point to a giant sequoia tree in California's Sequoia National Park. One such tree, the General Sherman, which is this tree that you see here, it has been called the most massive living thing on earth. The General Sherman stands nearly 275 feet tall, with a girth of more than 102 feet near its base. It is estimated to weigh 2,756 tons. And yet the seed of a giant sequoia tree is about the size of a flake of oatmeal. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, a sequoia seed weighs one six-thousandth of an ounce. Talk about a mighty plant coming from a, a tiny seed. But since Jesus didn't have any giant sequoias nearby in in Israel, he spoke about the tiny mustard seed. On another occasion, he used a tiny mustard seed in another context. He told his disciples that if they had only as much faith as a grain of mustard seed, they could say to a sycamore tree, pluck yourself up by the roots and plant yourself in the sea. And it would obey. Obviously, Jesus thought that there was more power in just a a little bit of faith than you and I could ever imagine. The power of little things. It's interesting that when you think about the gospel itself, we see that it is a rather unique celebration of the small and the insignificant. I mean, Bethlehem was a tiny little village, smaller than anything we have around here. Nazareth was like that, too. Calvary was a tiny spot on the, on the globe, and there was nothing particularly significant about the profession of carpenter or fisherman or tax collector. None of the disciples or even Jesus himself ever held a position of power or significance. And the tiny mustard seed called the church that was planted, that they planted 2,000 years ago, started out with very little promise. Just a handful of people following an insignificant teacher. But today... Of the seven and a half billion people on the the earth, one out of three bears the name Christian. So don't ignore the power of the little things. Someone has said that the sweetest music comes from the smallest birds. Probably true. As a matter of fact, the smaller birds are the only ones who really sing. You don't hear beautiful notes from turkeys. Yeah, they make noise, but can you really call it singing? Ostriches. Buzzards. 
But you do hear beautiful music from canaries and wrens and finches. So don't ignore the little things. They are often the most beautiful things. I heard about a a man who was packing a, a shipment of food that had been contributed by a school for poor people in Appalachia and he was separating the the beans from the powdered milk and the canned vegetables from the canned meat and so he reached down into a box and he pulled out a, a, a small brown paper sack apparently one of the students had brought something different from this uh, the list uh, the items on the suggested list and so he reached down into the paper bag and he and he found a peanut butter sandwich an apple and a cookie. And written in crayon in large letters was the little girl's name, Christy, room 104. Apparently Christy had given up her lunch for the cause. It was just a small gesture, but when word got out about this little girl's contribution, others were motivated. She had given up her lunch. Other people were motivated to give as well, and that one little lunch made a huge difference as people hit their pantries and dug out their food for this cause. One little lunch touched many, many lives. It's like the theory that New Testament scholar William Barclay proposed about how Jesus fed the 5,000. He said that most of the people going even a, a short distance would carry a small amount of food with them just in case they were delayed. And this crowd that stayed around for, had, had stayed around for hours listening to Jesus teach. So they were getting hungry. And the disciples thought that there would be no way that they could have enough food to feed such a huge crowd of people. But there was one young boy who had five small small barley loaves and two small fish. Just a little bit, really. It was probably the lunch that his mother had provided for him before he left that morning. Just a small amount of food, really. A peanut butter sandwich, an apple, and a cookie. But when he offered it to share what he had, Barclay says others did the same. And before long, the whole multitude was sharing the small amounts of food that they had brought with them. And and it was like a, a, a church potluck dinner and the food just multiplied. And the point is that a little that is offered to Jesus goes a long way. story is told that a sparrow once asked a dove, tell me the weight of a snowflake. And the dove answered nothing really, nothing more than nothing. And so the sparrow said, in that case, I must tell you a story. He said, I sat on a branch of a fir tree close to its trunk when, I, when it began to snow. Not heavily, not a raging blizzard, no, just like a in a dream, gentle and without a sound. And since I did not have anything better to do, I counted the snowflakes settling on the twigs and the needles of my branch. Their number was exactly 3,741,952. But when the 3,741,952 third snowflake dropped onto the branch, nothing more than nothing, as you say, the branch broke off. Having said that, the sparrow flew away. And the dove, who had been in authority on such matters since the time of Noah, thought about this story for a while and then finally said to herself, perhaps only one person's voice is lacking. Only one person's voice is lacking for peace to come to the world. One person. One snowflake. My friends, don't ever ignore the power of the little things. Don't ever ignore the power of a solitary voice trying to change the world. Robert Dugan, in his book titled Winning the New Civil War, tells about hearing the mayor of Charlotte, North Carolina, address the 
final breakfast meeting of a seminar of Christian collegians. The mayor's comments were forceful and right on target. And then suddenly she shifted gears and she began, how many Polish people... And for a split second, Robert Dugan, his mind raced, and he thought, surely she's not going to do this. She's not going to tell an ethic joke, would she? She wouldn't do this. I mean, she's not that kind of a person. And besides, she's too smart to destroy her career with that kind of humor. And then he heard her complete question, how many Polish people does it take to turn the world around? Pause. One, if his name is Lech Walesa. Ah, right, Stukin. What a beautiful twist, he said. The, frequent, the frequently maligned Polish people got a magnificent compliment. You see, this one simple shipyard worker became an independent trade union leader whose courage and and humble effectiveness resulted in his country's first free election in over 40 years. This, This one person, this one voice. He oversaw the installation of the first Eastern Bloc non-communist prime minister in decades. That one man helped to change the course of Eastern European history. And the ripple effects from that have changed the entire world. One man. Now many of us may have forgotten Lech Walesa's contribution to the defeat of communism. But my friends, we should never lose sight of the ability of one committed individual to make a huge difference in the world. All it takes is one. Some unknown author has written a little poem titled The Impact of One. It goes like this. One song can spark a moment. One flower can wake wake the dream. One tree can start a forest. One bird can herald spring. One smile begins a friendship. One hand clasp lifts a soul. One star can guide a ship at sea. One word can frame the goal. One vote can change a nation. One sunbeam lights a room. One candle wipes out darkness. One laugh conquers gloom. One step must start each journey. One word must start each prayer. One hope will raise our spirits. One touch can show you care. One voice can speak with wisdom. One heart can know what's true. One life can make a difference. And may that one be you and me too. Do you see, my friends, that little things can make a huge contribution to achieving a successful outcome in anything that you do? The little things. Things that most people overlook. There's an interesting story on the ESPN website uh, a while back about the, the Hall of Fame basketball coach of UCLA, John Wooten. Some of you uh, um, who are aware, uh, who know anything about John Wooten, you know that he was a stickler for getting the little things right, the tiniest things, the tiniest details. For example, according to this story, players gathering for the first day of practice at UCLA were full of anticipation and they wondered how their coach would set the tone for the rest of the season. And they didn't have to wait long to find out. The story says that veterans of the team knew what was about to happen, but the the first-year players were mystified by the initial lesson that this great, famous coach imparted to them. You see, the important thing that he gave them right off the bat was to teach them how to put on a pair of socks. That's what he taught them. And he did not teach this lesson only once, but before every game and every practice, he reviewed with his players how to put on a pair of socks. 
You see, Wooden discovered that many players didn't properly smooth out the wrinkles in their socks around their toes or around their heels. And, and if left uncorrected, those wrinkles could cause blisters that could, could hamper their performance at a crucial time in a game. And many players thought this was really odd and they laughed about it. And Wooden knew that some of his players laughed about it. But he wouldn't compromise on this basic fundamental principle. It was important to put your socks on right. He never left anything to chance. And neither should we. Little things can make a huge contribution to achieving a success in anything we do. And on the flip side of that, the neglect of little things can doom even the most ambitious undertaking that we may have. I think a tragic illustration of that was was furnished a few years ago by the crash of an airline jet shortly after takeoff. All 95 people aboard were killed. And when the investigation was finally over, it was concluded that this crash might have been caused by the loss of one single bolt, less than an inch long, in the rudder control system. For the lack of one bolt, so many lives were lost. We all remember the space shuttle, the Challenger, when it exploded. This tragic event occurred because a 15-cent rubber seal did not function well under cold conditions. And because that tiny detail was overlooked, several brilliant scientists were killed and and a multi-billion dollar program was put into jeopardy. One little detail. Overlooked. And that can make such a huge difference in success and failure in almost anything that we do. Michelangelo is known as one of the world's greatest artists, and he was also a great sculptor as well. And one day a visitor was looking at a statue that Michelangelo was creating. And the visitor said, I I can't see that you've made much progress since the last time I was here. And Michelangelo answered, oh yes, I've made much progress. Uh, Look carefully and you will see that I have retouched this part and I've polished that part. And uh, you you see, I've worked on this part of the statue and I've softened the lines here. And the visitor said, well, yes, but those are just trifles. And Michelangelo replied, that may be, but trifles make perfection. And perfection is no trifle. Successful people are aware of the trifles. Maybe you feel like a little thing. A trifle. A person of no consequence this morning. Maybe that's in your heart today. And if that's the case, then I have some good news for you. Put your life into the hands of God and you can do great things. Notice that when Jesus was speaking about the the mustard seed, He was explaining the kingdom of God. And how does the kingdom of God come? One person at a time. Through people who are willing to give to God whatever small gift they may have. But here's the secret of the mustard seed. Whatever you place in God's hands will be multiplied many times over. And that truth has been revealed time and time again. As Felicia sang a moment ago, little is much when God is in it. The smallest things that we may attempt can have huge repercussions. On May the 12th, 1807, a man named Robert Morrison boarded a ship in New York on his way to China, where he would become the first Protestant missionary to China. After 113 days at sea, Morrison arrived at Macau on the southern coast of, of China. And he began his work there. Seven years later, seven years later, he baptized his first convert. 
Seven years. He served for 27 years as a missionary in China, dying at the age of 52. And it is said that on his voyage to China, when some, someone derisively asked if he expected to convert China, he replied, No, I don't. But I expect God will. And when he finally baptized his first convert, he wrote these words in his journal. He said, May this person be the first fruits of the great harvest, one of millions who shall come and be saved on the day of the Lord. God gave Robert Morrison faith to see beyond his meager beginning to a day when a vast multitude of Chinese people would follow Jesus. On that day, when he made that first convert, no one would have believed it would be possible. I mean, do the math. It took him seven years for the first convert, and so at that rate it would take him 70 years for ten converts. And and so it seemed to be a, a pipe dream to talk about millions of Chinese coming to Jesus. That's ridiculous. Morrison, like so many other heroes of the faith, died without ever seeing his dream come true. And when he died, it would be fair to say that Christianity had only a tiny toehold along the coast of China. But folks, I want you to listen to this. Today, it is estimated that the church in China numbers somewhere somewhere around 130 million people. It is the most amazing story of church growth in the last hundred years. Today in China, there are more Christians than there are members of the Communist Party. And it all began with just a few solitary missionaries like Robert Morrison, who trusted their lives and their ministries to God and put the little things that they were doing in God's hands to multiply Has God given you some small gift that you can place in God's hands to watch God multiply that gift many times over? It may take time. It took Robert Morrison seven years to see his first convert. And and that's the thing about seeds. For some time they may show no promise at all. Can't tell the them from weeds and then suddenly they start to sprout and lo and behold before long there's a giant sequoia tree touching heaven itself God loves the little things you may not ever see the results of the little things that you do but God loves the little things that God can use for God's glory and that includes little things like you And like me. So let the little ones come unto me, Jesus said. For if such is made the kingdom of God, the little ones, the little things. Amen. Let's continue our theme of littleness and let's sing about this little light of mine (laughs) let it shine let it shine you know that's the thing about a little light when you're in total darkness it doesn't take much light to make things bright or at least seeable just a, a candle in a dark room makes a huge difference We all have the light of Christ in us, and that little light of Christ can make a difference in other people's lives by doing the little things of love. So let's let our little light shine. Let's start by singing about it.
May the small thing that we have done here today grow and sprout. May what we have done today produce fruit for God's kingdom. First the stalk, then the head, and finally the full kernel. May we shift our focus from the big and impressive to the small and the insignificant. For it is in that that your work is ultimately done. May we go forth planting the precious seeds of your kingdom. And grant, O God, that your kingdom may begin in us. Amen. Amen.